0: Today is Trinity Sunday. It's also the octave day of Pentecost. The Mass we offer today is Mass of Trinity Sunday, but it's also the first Sunday after Pentecost. There are two proper Masses, one of Trinity Sunday, one of the first Sunday after Pentecost. We will add the Collect, the Secret, post-communion to today's Mass taken from uh, first Sunday after Pentecost, and we will also read the Gospel. I'll read the Gospel of the first Sunday after Pentecost at the end of Mass in place of the Gospel of St. John. That being said, uh, I couldn't encourage you enough to go read the epistle and the gospel from the first Sunday after Pentecost. Uh, Actually, uh, either one would be a sermon in itself, just of itself. So read it and take it. And if you read read the gospel, you really understand how we must really forgive. Almost, I want to say selfishly so, that we want to be forgiving of others uh, and even uh, put into practice the golden rule. Because for our own sake, if we, I say, look at selfishly, if we're working, looking for our own eternal welfare, then we must um, particularly take this gospel from First Sunday after Pentecost and put it into practice. The epistle appointed for today's Mass from Trin- Trinity Sunday is taken from the Epistle of St. Paul to the Romans, chapter 11, verses 33 through 36. All oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and of the knowledge of God, how incomprehensible are his judgments, and how unsearchable his ways! For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor, or who hath first given to him, and recompense shall be made him? For of him, and by him, and in him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. The Gospel appointed for today's Mass. Taking to the Gospel of St. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. At that time, Jesus said to his disciples, All power is given to me in heaven and on earth. Going, therefore, teach ye all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you all days, even to the consummation of the world. Thus far the words of today's Holy Gospel. How incomprehensible are his judgments, and how unsearchable his ways! For who hath known the mind of the Lord? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today I want to talk about the supernatural. The supernatural. And first off, I'd like to sort of break it down to give an understanding of what we mean by supernatural. Take the two words, super and natural. If you're a beekeeper... You understand what a super is. A super is something you, a, a box uh, catch, uh, collecting honey. You put it above the brood chamber. You put it above it, and super means above. So we come up with the English words superimposed, which means we put something on top. I put my hand on someone's head. I superimpose my hand on their head. So we use the word super, and we understand it. It means super, it's above. And supernatural, we get the word natural, we get the word nature if we look at it and break the words down, it's something above our nature, something placed above our nature. And when we talk about God, the angels, they are supernatural. They are super. They are above our nature. And now, if we go back to today's epistle, St. Paul says, how incomprehensible are his judgments, how unsearchable his ways. The reason is, We cannot understand. We do not grasp that which is supernatural. Let me just break it down and give a parallel example. We human beings are, by our very nature, are above the animals. So your pet dog, your cat, whatever, your pet horse, whatever it might be, all the animals. We're, we are literally supernatural to them. We are above their nature. So when a, a, your cat sees you sitting down at the dinner table eating a meal off the plate, it's incomprehensible to that cat. He doesn't need that at all. And when you tell the dog to sit, it's beyond his judgments. He, you, he, can, you can, he cannot understand... His judgments are uh, for as he's concerned, it's unsearchable. He can't understand such ways of doing such things. So we are above the nature of, of a dog or a cat. And being above we're, we're superior to that cat or that dog, the, anim, the whole animal world, we impose laws upon those animals. We tell the dog to sit. We tell the dog to speak. We have him jump up and uh, we have him lick our fingers, lick our hand. We, we, we give laws to that dog and even though the dog doesn't understand it, we impose laws upon the various animals such that if a grizzly bear were to walk in your living room in your house, you would uh, euthanize, you'd shoot it. The grizzly bear doesn't know any better but we impose that law that there's certain territory he doesn't travel same thing with your dog. If your dog would bite you and bite the neighbor and bite the postman, uh, you'd probably have it euthanized. Uh, you impose this law, and if he breaks that law, he's punished. The, the animal's punished. The animal doesn't necessarily understand why and cannot see why it should be. It's beyond his comprehension. Because, and we, and the difference, and thing is, we know that animal has no right reason. It doesn't understand, but. For, but being the nature of an animal, some animals, some have a greater comprehension, I suppose we can use the word, than others. A monkey, for example, may know more than a turtle. But regardless of what it is, we have certain rules we lay down for them, even though they may not understand what those rules are, but they will learn. And if they don't, they, by instinct, they'll come to realize that there is a punishment if they Take uh, the dog takes a steak off the table. So now we have people who would look to heaven and they would say, well, I don't understand why God imposed this law, whether it be the second commandment, first commandment, third, fourth commandment, fifth commandment, sixth commandment. Why should I, what difference does it make if I have uh, thoughts of stealing, what difference does it make if I have thoughts against the ninth commandment? If I think ill or evil of others, what difference does it make? Or if it's to consenting adults, or if it's to this, what difference does it make? Well, it goes back to being supernatural. God imposed certain laws upon us, and even though it's, it's incomprehensible why he would do it, nevertheless, we understand Nature itself tells our nature. Our nature, we can understand our nature itself that even though we may not understand why, we can understand that it shouldn't be done. And we can also understand, because we ourselves do it with the the animal world, we have laws imposed upon us, and if we break those laws, we will be punished, even to the point of being put to death. And of course, in our case, it easily could be eternal death. So when someone should ever, the thought should ever cross someone's mind that why do I need to worry about these laws imposed upon us? I don't understand why the creator, and we can clearly understand there is a creator who created all things, why he needs to impose laws and why we need to be concerned. For example, even in today's gospel, our Lord says, go forth and teach all nations, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Why on earth? If, we, if I want to be the devil's advocate, I guess I can use the word, expression. Why do we need to have water poured on our head and why do we have to say those words? Why do I need to be anointed with oil? Why do I have to go to someone and confess my sin to someone? Why do I have to receive bread, what looks like bread and wine, or else I'll be excluded from heaven for all eternity. It's incomprehensible because all of these things, we call them a mystery, but there's something supernatural. That which Those laws that we must do these things are something supernatural. And even though we don't, cannot comprehend why, even the very Trinity itself, three persons one God, we, we, we learned as a little child there's three persons, all distinct, yet all the same. The Father is greater than the Son, but the Father is equal to the Son. And there are three persons in one God. Three persons in one God. It's incomprehensible. We can give comparisons of the clover leaf. We can take a blanket and put three folds in it. And we say, here's one blanket, but three folds. But even that falls short. The clover leaf falls short. But, and the reason for that is because it's supernatural. That which has been revealed to us, that which has been told us, is something beyond our comprehension. Just like you told the dog to sit, and you tell the dog to bark, you tell the dog to speak. It's incomprehensible, absolutely incomprehensible to the dog, but the dog knows it must do that, or it will be punished. As little as intelligence as a dog has, it can comprehend that. And so when someone should ever entertain the idea that it makes no difference what we do or how we act, uh, it's quite the contrary because we ourselves make it very clear if the animals don't act as we want them to act, as we've laid the law down for them to act, And literally, uh, we could excuse the animals, saying the animals do not understand, they cannot understand our language, and they cannot understand why this law has been imposed upon them. They don't even know it's a law. And yet we will, because of that law, we'll even put some of the death for it, some animal to death for it. So, but on the other hand, we do have the use of reason. We can understand, we can come to conclusions, proper conclusions, logical conclusions, reasonable. And even though we may not understand, we can understa- understand the things of God, nevertheless, we, do, we can comprehend the supernatural in a very limited sense. And this alone should convince us that when God has laid some, made some law known to us, given us some law to obey, That we just can arbitrarily ignore it, do away with it, act as if it doesn't exist, but we must be bound by it or we will be punished. And sorry to say, human nature, even though it's a fallen human nature, and if if mankind would not have fallen, all these things still would have been above our comprehension. But fallen human nature even makes it worse. It almost lowers us to the level of an animal. Uh, it 's a sad commentary on human nature, but fallen human nature lowers us in some cases below, below the level of an animal. Human beings do things that even the animals wouldn 't do, and the animals are running purely on instinct. If we could say, well it 's just instinctive that I do this, we could excuse ourselves. But we know better. We understand it so much so that if someone else does this, we can see where it, we, we see it 's wrong. And it's not just you and I subjectively doing this. It's a universal thought, such that if someone lies, anyone throughout the world can understand that a lie is something wrong. So it's in, we could, I guess we could use the word instinct for that as well. It's not, though it's not instinct, it's ingrained within us the moral law. It is a law that's been imposed upon us, just as a, certain laws, aside from what we would impose upon the animals. There are certain laws imposed upon the, the, that which is sub-nature, under our nature, sub, like submarine, sub, something under the, the sea. Is, is, animals are sub-nature to us. And even though we may not understand, we necessarily do comprehend how these laws are, understand that these laws are here, and that we just can't arbitrarily do away with them and ignore them. And I bring this up because the, the, the point comes up is that some would think that, well, they don't mean anything to me. There is no consequence. And yet, if we would just look at what we ourselves do to something of a lower nature ourselves who can't even comprehend, we lay laws down for, for our dog, for example. And we expect those laws to be obeyed. And if we do that to something which is a subnatural to us, why should not God, who created us, and it's not just the Bible says God created us, reason alone would demand would demand our assent to the fact that there is a God and that God created all things and God keeps them in existence. God laid laws down for mankind, and we cannot just arbitrarily ignore them as if they don't exist or as if they don't make any difference. So when St. Paul tells us that God's ways, his judgments, are unsearchable, We might easily ask ourselves, well, even sometimes the things we do is unsearchable. It's beyond our judgments. For who has known our mind? Who who is it that knows the mind of God? And when we start reading what St. Paul says about Almighty God, even though God is supernatural, the laws he imposed upon us are supernatural, nevertheless, we can understand why this is, why it can be that God would do these things, because we ourselves do them to those that which is below us. And so I don't think anyone can excuse themselves saying that religion has no place in our life, or that God uh, makes no difference if God exists or not, or that we are not bound by any laws. Because indeed, right reason alone, we human beings, our nature... Not sub-nature, not supernatural, or uh, subnatural, but our nature itself demands all of these things of us if we're just ourselves would use that reasoning power which God gave us. May God bless you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.